Hello and welcome to By the Mash Tun, a podcast by a couple of nerds where we brew some beer, drink some beer, and have a nice little chat about beer. I'm Mike Harrison Wood. I'm Carl Noble. Cool. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Uh, it's you know the, the, the weather's the weather's cooled down a little bit. Oh, I'm has. in a much happier situation. Uh, it means that my mash tun and grain temperature isn't just like ridiculously high because I think last time I brewed, uh, I measured my grain temp before like get, getting the water in. Yeah, and I know it was like. 26 degrees Ooh. and it's like that's pretty warm for the grain like normally like it's normally about like 22 so i don't really need to adjust mm. but it didn't mean i had to uh, drop my strike water temperature oh wow um by quite a bit so yeah you gotta pay attention to all these little little bits and yeah pieces. well that's it like, like if you you know if your grain is like i don't know four degrees warmer than you're expecting it to be and you've got I don't know, five, six kilogram of grain. That's going to make a difference to your strike water temperature. True that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So what are you brewing today? Uh, well, I'm using up a load of like odds and ends. So uh, I'm calling this one a multigrain. Multigrain. Like, yeah, kind of like uh, Cheerios, you know, where they just go, ah, we've just got loads of stuff lying about. Let's bag it all in one box. That's yeah. what I'm doing. And, so, and put it in it into little O shapes. I shan't be putting it into little old shapes. I'll okay. probably just end up kegging this. All right. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So I'm I'm gonna do about twenty liters. So we'll get uh, like a corny keg and a couple of bottles out of it. But yeah, it's just trying to use up some of the odds and ends. So it's a bit of a mixed mash situation. Yes. Also known as a pancake beer. A pancake beer. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm also trying to use up some odds and ends on the hops as well. So so, so it's yeah. all just a bit all over the place you're going to really enjoy it though because we've got a lot of grain yes. to try and i know how much you love trying i grain. do i do like eating raw grain well not raw i mean it's been malted hasn't it <laughs> yeah so yeah not... i mean most of it has been anyway yes. so yeah it'll be it'll be quite interesting um so i can give you a quick rundown uh of the different uh malts that are in it or yeah. we can go into the history of well uh, uh yeah i thought i'd better mention a little bit about pancake beers to begin with yeah it it is obviously there's a, a big tradition in the home brewing world of doing weird and wonderful stuff but yep. you are often left with odds and ends and so exactly. the, the, the term i don't know where it originated first but the the term pancake beer uh came about in the home brewing circles just to mean it's it's all your little your little little bits left over yeah i mean the thing is it, it seems a shame to throw them away yeah. So, uh, you know, I think probably every homebrewer at some point either has or will end up doing a pancake beer or they're just going to throw the little bits away, which yeah. so, which sometimes those little bits are, you know, like 200 grams, 100 grams. And it's like it seems like a small amount, but, you know, it seems a bit of a waste to just mm. chuck them in the bin. And they do often come out more as a sort of amber ale as well because you've got some of the darker malts just you know 100 grams 200 grams you say yeah and you've also got base malt so it, it, it tends to tends towards that sort of averaged beer and and that sort of averaged beer does tend to be amber in color yes sweeter little bit biscuity but not too much a little bit sweet but not too yeah. much little uh, bit. and just a bit all over the place really yeah. isn't it because like there's you want to try and craft you know the best recipe you can but if you're then just going to be leaving yourself with uh 10 15 grams you may as well just bang it in like, <laughs> like at that point there is no point in chucking that in the bin you're like well 
I'm a bit over on my numbers. Sod it. Let, yeah, let, let's just get it fine. in. Like, it, it's all made up anyway. Well, exactly. <laughs> like you're not you're not striving for like an award winning beer. You know, you're not going to win any homebrew competitions with a mm. pancake beer. I mean, you might, but you'll be you, true, you, like true. unless you record every single little bit, you're going to struggle to recreate that beer. Mm. I mean, I've tried to be pretty close, but as I was going through my bags today, I was definitely just like. Oh, that's a bit of that left over. Let's chuck it in. So, I mean, not even everything's recorded. Oh, wow. Uh, well, I think there's only not one that isn't. I think it's uh, it's only the Cara Gold right. that I didn't um, actually write down. And that's because it wasn't in Beer Smith's um <laughs> You couldn't be bothered to add it yourself. Uh, yeah, I was just like, sod it. It's there. It's, it's like 100 grams. It's going in. All right. Let, so, let me guess, then. Let me guess. Is there five grains? Uh, oh, let me just count it up. More. Is there six grains? <laughs> a little bit more. <laughs> Is there seven grains? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's more than Cheerios. Yeah. It's more than Cheerios has five. All right. I've got okay. seven. So do you want to do you want to do the rundown alphabetically or just uh, no? Well, I'll, I'll I'll just I'll just do it from the top of my list and how I and how I put them in and that was okay. basically just kind of how I got them out of the box. All right. Um, Lay it on me. So we've got. Uh, Marisotta. Yes, I love Marisotta. I know you do. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have a lot of Marisotta left. So, you know, that is, you know, that makes up the bulk of it, but yeah. not every single little bit of Hang it. Hang on, I've got to find some here. Uh, it's, in the, it's in the slightly larger bag. Slightly there larger you go. bag. No, that's, oh, God. There you go. Hey. There you go. Uh, now, 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 we've tried Marisotta several times, yeah, but I know I'm how much you enjoy it. Uh, come on, pass that bag over. Mm. Straight out of the bag. You know what you're getting. Yeah. It's a white bready sweetness. It's a little bit biscuity, but it's not aggressive biscuit. It's nice, soft, easy. Yeah, Lovely. That's good. Uh, next up is... Oh, that's nice and sweet. Mm. Um, malted oats. Okay. Go on then. Dig around for malted oats. I haven't put these all into shot glasses because I was like, well, I'm not going to remember what the shot glasses are and I am labelling them up. So I just left them in the bags. Yeah. Uh, so... Malted we, oats. We've looked at malted oats before. We as have, well, yeah. We? Uh, for the New England IPA. Yes, well, that's exactly why I've got a little bit left over. <laughs> and yeah, it's uh, slightly different than flaked oats, but it's still. Mm. Still porridgey. Nice and sweet still. Yeah. No, I mean, like, obviously, because it's got the husks in. Yeah, yeah. They're like, a bit... It just makes it a little bit more chewy. Mm. Now, okay. Let's go for. Let's go for the Pilsner malt next. Okay. So, yeah, I, like, because I didn't have much Marisotta. Uh, I decided that a little bit of Pilsner would kind of just, you know, balance it out a little bit. I don't know what you're going to do with that husk. Yeah, I'm just going to try eating it again. Um, just swallow it. It'll be fine. It'll yeah. just, it'll get stuck in your throat. It'll be hilarious. Husky. Mm. So here we go. There's, there, there you go. There's, there's the Pilsner malt. Right. Now we've had Pilsner before because obviously mm-hmm. in um, one of our very recent episodes, we, yeah. you actually brewed a Pilsner, didn't you? Yeah, two episodes ago, I did a German Pils. Yeah. So I've got a little bit of that Pilsner malt. Mm. How's that? Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It's got that... Uh, I think I said at the time, it's got a very similar flavour of Marisotta, but it hasn't got that huge hit, hit of sweetness and it hasn't mm. got that huge bready flavour. They're both there, but it's just a bit lower down. Yeah, it's a slightly drier taste, isn't mm. it? Yeah. So, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what that brings, but I think it's just going to be masked by some of the big hitters which are coming in a minute. Mm. And I think... Um, I think the old malt husks are um, breaking down a bit yeah. from my saliva and giving a really grassy flavour as well. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, like that will happen. I mean, that's not the sort of thing that's really going to come through in the beer. No. Um, but I'm really looking forward to the oats giving it, 
you know, just a a bit of body, which yeah. I think should be quite interesting. Right. Um, next. So next up, let's have a look at the caramel crystal malt. He's in there somewhere. No, that's it. Pale, there pale you go. crystal. That's there the one. Right, so yeah, so. I went for pale because I've got some of the darker stuff left over. I went for pale because I didn't want to make it mm. too dark. Right. Crystal is used in a lot of beers. Oh, yeah. And we've never really focused on it yet. No. So, crystal is a, uh, a very unusual style in that it, it's malted to the point where there's like a little crystal of sugar in there, I think. Is that is that the way it works? That sort of pops. Um, gives a very, very sweet malt base yeah. to the beer. Um, yeah, as Cal was saying, you've got a very big spectrum of uh, from very pale crystal to very dark crystal. Yeah, but it's so, it's the process of malting that makes it crystal rather than yeah. So the, 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 the like the colour's all down to the roast. Mm. So you know if you're wanting a slightly um, sweeter, darker beer, you're gonna you're gonna use the darker crystal malt. If you're wanting, because I use crystal malt in IPAs, mm. not not a lot of it, but I just I, I like that you know, slightly malty taste that you get to it. So it's not just all about the hops. Mm. You get a slight malt taste, but you want that pale colour. So you want to go for the palest crystal malt you can find. Yeah, I am getting a big malt hit from that. Yeah. It's, it's very big in the aftertaste. You have got residual sweetness there, but unlike with the Maris Otter, where there was nothing to hide that sweetness, there yeah. is a big malt hit there to that complements it very well. Yeah. yeah. That is, uh, it is really good. Yeah. Um, so that, That's the most like eating malt loaf i've had so far oh really yeah uh, you've got you've got some fun things to come then oh nice um so the next one up is the munich malt uh it's there this, he is this one here yeah, yeah again we've had this a couple times before yeah it's a lightly toasted bready sort of sweetness um, uh yeah so it, it will have that nice like kind of malty sweet going on um mm. uh, is yeah. it lovely yeah it's it, it's a very nice grain a very yeah. nice grain. Much less challenging than the crystal, as as it is. Oh, that, that, that sweetness is so prominent, mm. though. Lovely. Almost right. tastes a bit like um, Ovaltine. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh, we should use Ovaltine to be <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we should. Mm-mm. Well, one day. So what, what, what have you got in your hands there? You went straight for a bag. Uh, oh, this is biscuit malt. So this oh, will be, biscuit. This will be a big, I mean, yeah, aggressive like, malt yeah. character here, like, won't they? Like, like the, the clues in the name with biscuit malt, you know what you're going to mm. get. But don't expect that sort of big, sweet biscuit. It's bite. Yes. I do, I do love biscuit malt. Mm. Yeah, that? wow. God, that's like dusty, dry biscuits. That is... Oh, lovely. Real dusty, big dry biscuits. Mm. I mean, good thing we've got a cup of tea to go with the dusty oh, dry biscuit. It is very nice tea. What tea is it again? That's a carrot cake tea. Perfect accompaniment. I know, right? Nice bit of carrot cake to go with it. Yeah, yeah, that, like, like that's really good. Like you say, there's no, there's no real sweetness there. It's a, it's a much. Um... <laughs> Sorry, my, like I just got distracted there because Mike's looking through the bags that I've got out, and his eyes just lit up. <laughs> uh, so more, what... more in fear than. <laughs> nah, what are you on about? Anyway. What's all... What's happening here then? What, what you got in your hands? Because uh, this is quite quick fire. We're getting through them. Uh, Caragold. Yeah. Oh, no, what it, should I expect here? Uh, so Caragold. Uh, again, you're going to get um, like some caramel, like a pretty pretty big sort of malt taste, um, and a nice sweetness. Mm. Is that what you're getting? I am getting all those things, mm. but none of them as intense as the other malts that did that thing more. Yes. 
So yeah. it's not as sweet as the marisotto. It's not as malty as the biscuit. It's not as... Uh... No, it's, ca- it's as caramelly as uh, some of the yeah. others. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. It's, it's it, it, like like I find that one's uh, uh, like kind of really nice for um, like American pails, mm. um, as opposed to using like a um, I don't know, kind of like like a crystal caramel or something like. That. If you want to get that maltiness to it, uh, but you don't want to add a huge amount of sweetness mm. uh, or a huge amount of biscuitiness, that works really well. Yeah. It gives you that sort of caramelly sort of taste, and it is quite balanced in and of itself. Yes, as well. yeah, yeah. It's a re- it's a really nice malt. I haven't used it a lot, mm. but. When I have, it's always worked out really well. I wonder if it would be too intense to do uh, a 100% beer of that. It'd be interesting. Mm. We could definitely give it a try at some point. Uh, yeah, one day. Well, right. But this, not this, this day. This, this is the last one. This, this is the one that you said <laughs> you were in fear of. Yeah, Cara Aroma. Cara Aroma. I love this malt. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Oh, it's crunchy. Oh, yeah. and there's the, oh, yeah. there's that bitterness. That yeah. So it's really a, it's dark a very, chocolate. Ve- yeah, a very dark crystal malt. Um, and oh. you should like you should be getting like very strong caramel flavor. Yeah, like very strong caramel. Like this is something that lovely as as part of your grain bill, you don't want to use a lot of because it is quite intense. But yeah, it's worth it. it. It's it's such a good malt. Like when I, f- I first used it in a. Um, in a stout, we I think there was uh, me and my friend Matt. We were brewing the caramel chocolate shortbread stout, mm. um, and that that we just wanted a real heavy sort of caramel taste, and that to balance with the because we used cocoa nibs, mm. um, like kind of post fermentation, yeah. and that, that that just balanced out so perfectly with it. Mm. Really, really nice. Because yeah, the, the, as you say, there is that strong caramel flavour, but there's also a really strong uh, you know, you know, chocolate that's sort of eighty percent or more. That, yeah. that really, like, like kind of close to a raisin sort of flavor. Yeah, yeah. You got raisiny. Mm. Uh, you you got a little treacly sort of uh, as well. Yeah. like it's yeah. It's, it's a ve- it's a very very intense malt. Yeah, not a very intense malt, and you know, should be used sparingly, but <laughs> if used right, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. So that's that's actually it malts eight malts yeah i've recorded seven but okay. i didn't put the caragold in um, of course of course so yeah there's there's the eight malts we went through it quite quickly yep. uh but you know it's that's what pancake beers are they're, they're just going to be a whole world of different stuff yeah so, you know like all of these grains went right in the beers that i brewed them for so it'll be interesting to see how all of these flavors kind of come together and i'm expecting mm. you know very malty you know, a little bit dark, maybe a little bit sort of, you know, get that raisiny flavour yeah, out of yeah. the um out of the car aroma, which would be really nice. Um and, you know, a nice sort of dark amber colour. Yeah. Which would be quite nice. But then I'm gonna try and balance it out by making it really bitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, what's the hops? Okay, so uh I'm going to use some bittering hops this time. Yeah. Uh, so the last time I brewed, uh, we didn't record it, but it was me uh, redoing the New England, uh, which, you know, I, I didn't do any bittering hops whatsoever. Uh, so this time we're starting with about 25 grams of Columbus. Okay. Uh, so that is Columbus currently uh, 16% alphas. So it's pretty high. So you don't need a lot of it to get a massive amount of IBUs, yep. um, which is really nice. 
So I'm not expecting um, too much of the flavours or aromas to come through from this. It's purely just about the bittering. And it's largely just because I had a pack in my freezer <laughs> that's been sat there for a long time. So yeah. I was like, so I imagine those alpha acids have drop, dropped off a fair bit. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I think it was a free pack that was just banged in with one of my orders because they had some left over. Yikes. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know how long ago? It- I know the date that was written on it, okay. <laughs> so I know which crop harvest it's from. Yeah, two thousand and twelve. What? <laughs> what? That's too far. It's well, not. It's not too yeah. far. It's fine. It's been it, like it. It, it was uh, when I got it. It was obviously kind of nitrogen sealed, um, and then it's been in my freezer ever since. Like the yeah. alpha acids have dropped off, but I'm using it as a bittering hop. I'm not expecting too much aroma or flavour from it. So it's possible the bittering could be a bit lower than that. Yeah, but that's all right though. Time. Yeah, you've that's... aimed high, and if yeah, it goes exactly. Lower, that's if, fine. if it's a bit lower, that's fine. Um, but as standard um, with Columbus. Uh, they were, it works really well in just a whole range of different things for bittering um, just because the alpha acids are so high mm. and it means you don't need to use a lot of it either because um, we talked about this before so I normally use something like Magnum or something like which is about uh, 12 to 15% uh, alpha because uh, that way it's just a bit cheaper um, but yeah I mean it would be nice if some of the aromas and flavours could come through because it should be quite spicy um, you know quite aromatic but you know I don't think that's going to happen. No. Uh, so after that, I've got a bit of Eldorado. Oh, that's a very yeah, nice so one. That, so that is going to be um, five minutes left on the boil. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to bang some Eldorado in, so it'll just knock out some of the some of the aroma from that, um, but keep the vast majority of it. And then after that, we've got two lots of steep hops going in. Uh, we've got what was left over from a bag of Galaxy. So wow. Some, yep. And Eldorado some, and Galaxy. Yeah, and, and some Nelson Sarvan going in as oh, well. Oh, yeah. this is quite a treat of a pancake Ooh, beer. Oh, it just... It's, it's normally the, the, the little bits of sticks. everything. I mean, like... the thing is, I've, I've got some Fuggles left, but I was like, no, nah, I'm not putting Fuggles <laughs> in it. No, I've yeah. got really against Fuggles. It's just, I, I yeah. didn't want to use it. I've got, I've got a, um, a stout recipe coming up soon. Uh, which I'll probably end up using the Fuggles in anyway, because Fuggles works quite well mm. in a, like a, an English stout. Cool. Um, and there's no point bittering with it because it's uh, it's the, the alpha is so low. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it'll it'll go in that um, in the stout that we end up doing, and you know a bunch of other hops just to try and you know balance out the Fuggle flavour. Yeah. Um, Yeast. Uh, USO five. Yeah. Yeah. So a very standard. Uh, there's no point in going big on the yeast if you're making a pancake beer because nothing really is going to shine through it there's no. there's too much going on for any one characteristic to really be center stage and the last thing i want to do is go right let's use a really nice yeast in something like this so i mean not that uso5 isn't a really nice yeast but it's it's very <laughs> it's clean, clean yeah very crisp it doesn't um it doesn't add kind of its own flavor profile too much to it so you know there's going to be so much going on I didn't want a big yeast profile going in as well. No. So makes sense. Makes sense. Exactly. So it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting an interesting bit. It's pretty run of the mill going for medium body. Um so you know, mashing at about sixty five, sixty six. Yeah. Um, you know, that should be pretty good. I'm going for a standard one hour mash, one hour boil. Um, and I imagine fermentation will zip along quite quickly there's no dry hops going in 
it's a, yeah it's a keep f- it simple exactly like there's there's no point in making something like this overly complicated because there's so much going mm. on already are you, are you doing any water treatment as well? Uh, no water treatment. No, no, nope. at all. No, nah, no. Nah. Well, well, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, like at the moment, there's there's really no point because this type of beer will fit the water profile, you know, as well as any, like me tinkering with the water yeah. at any point because because you know. you're looking for the malt and and some hops and yes. just a bit of everything. Yeah, so. exactly. So like, like, I think water treatment would be unrecognizable in a beer like this anyway. Or at least unrecognisable to me. Mm. I wouldn't be able to go, oh, if only I'd put a bit of gypsum in that. Yeah. Like, to balance, you know, whatever out. But I just, that's not going to happen. So. Yeah. Well, with, with those malts, those delicious malts, and Eldorado and Galaxy in there, among oh, others, yeah. this should be a, a very tasty little pancake beer. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, especially yeah. uh, serving it in keg as well. Yeah. So, like, I mean, we're, like, we'll, be able to, we'll be able to try some in bottle um and some off keg it'd be nice to see what it would be like uh from cask but i'm just not making enough of it yeah a, a, a sort of amber ale that is hoppy yeah seems like some of that malt bite in an amber and hops would suit cask very well yes but uh i think i, I think you're right as well with with that balance keg may be a good way to go as well yeah no i, I think keg's going to be the best way of the best way to serve it mm. i reckon well most convenient as well yes yeah i mean and and, and talking about hops i think there's there, there's a small amount of beer news is there oh beer ye beer ye it's time for a tiny little bit of beer news <laughs> it's uh, tiny is it it's tiny there's not there's not much news this week that i've seen uh except for the very startings of the 2018 hop harvest have started well there you yeah, go it's the last week of august and it, it's begun so the the early crops will be out in the shops soon, maybe yeah. in a yeah, couple yeah. of weeks' time. I, I imagine that the, the, the it's going to be your, your brewers, which are going to get you know your commercial brewers are going to get the first the, yeah. the first pick of it as as home brewers. You may not see 2018 until you know the back end of this year. I'd have thought. Yeah, it may also mean that in the next month, uh, maybe six weeks, you'll start seeing a lot of the green hop. Or, yep. or fresh hop or wet hop or however you call it yeah that's basically just brewing with hops that haven't been dried yes it's just they're off the bind they're in a pile you grab the pile you put it in yeah you tend you tend need a lot more to yeah get, um you know the sort I, of flavors that you're looking for i think i was told once uh that a, a sensible ratio is six to one so the bearing in mind these hops haven't been dried so yeah. a lot of the weight is water weight yeah uh, but for sort of if you're used to using 100 grams of something, use 600 grams of wet hops. Yes, yeah. Well, I mean, it seems wasteful, but it but does. But not... I mean, yeah, I mean, like I've I've had a few different like green hop beers, and I mean they're nice, but I, yeah. I've never found one that makes me go, oh yeah, worth it. Yeah, I've just I've just been like, yes, yeah, it's, it's nice enough. And what I've not been able to do is a direct comparison between two beers one of which has been green hopped on one yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That, so, I, I, th- I think that that could be something worth doing if we're going to try and find some green hop beers and mm. try and find something which is you know pretty much a similar sort of makeup yeah and actually yeah. just see how well it does um or and, uh, see if we can find a green hop version of something we've done <laughs> true true that's <laughs> not a bad Ooh. idea yeah, yeah oh, no, oh, there you go look at that mm. pecked his ears up well yeah speaking of green hops uh i am actually growing hops in my garden how's that moment, going and this year has been a disaster oh really? Been really just bad. too hot yeah 
Um, because all of mine are in pots as well, and you got keep them watered. Yeah, I've, I've been watering a lot them of water as much as I can, and it's just some of them have grown very tall, and there's nice big juicy cones on them, which uh, I, I think they're all mid to late season, so they won't be ready for another couple of weeks at least. Yeah. Um, I checked one this morning, and there were seeds in it as well. Oh, and that's well. not good. I, I've checked others, and I haven't found seeds yet. But that's so that's the first one, yeah. which suggests to me that there is. Uh, this is a really bad thing for growing hops. Is if there's a male hop plant anywhere nearby, yeah. And uh, once hops start getting fertilized, they lose a huge amount of flavor and they gain a lot of weight. Yeah, for just what is just basically dead weight. Yeah. Um, Shame. Yeah, it's unfortunate. If there are more seeds to be found, then that's really bad. And that means I've got a male hot plant nearby, then there's nothing I can do about it. Going to go hunting for it? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> With a rifle. <laughs> oh, God. This, is, yeah. this has got very intense. Yes. Um, I think we should probably try some beer now. Oh, yeah. Let's yeah. have a beer. Right then, what we got here then, Mike? Right. We are going a bit more on a, on a traditional English uh, style direction at yeah. the moment uh, i suppose that we, works quite well with what we're planning of a bit yeah of like, you know just kind of a malty amber beer yeah with a uh, bittery hotness and it does have a bit of a complex history in in uk beer yeah uh the, the sort of amber style uh we've gone for one that is called pure ubu by purity brewing oh, interesting uh that they've called a premium amber ale yeah uh, at 4.5 percent that it makes it premium uh well that is it the price? Comes d- <laughs> no. <laughs> well, there you uh, go. Th- no, I, th- I think that comes down to a, a bit of history with where the English amber ale style comes from, um, which is quite old, back from when most beers were just called bitters, yeah. which a lot of the your English um, older gentlemen and ladies might know, uh, that where there were several uh, uh, sections of bitters where you had session or ordinary bitter down at the the lower end apparently there was one even further down called boys bitter that was like three percent right so you had boys bitter ordinary bitter or session bitter uh then you had your best bitters at about 4.2 upwards and then you had your premium bitters now at some point obviously things have been mixed around with the American style of brewing where you've got American amber ale as a style that's distinctive in its own right and not a subset of something else. And that has sort of mixed with our bitters sort of definition. And amber ale is sort of just become an offshoot of session bitters. Yes. Sort of. Yeah. And so a premium amber ale, I guess, is their sort of way of saying a best bitter without saying best bitter but it's right. not really a best bitter it's just no. a strong amber it is i i, I mean i uh, what's striking about this to begin with is the clarity yeah uh, so with these types of beers because they it's the the market um that they're aiming at uh don't necessarily go in with the cloudy beer bit no um so these beers always tend to be uh you know very clear no, I mean, you know, I have zero issue with clear beer. I've got zero issue with cloudy beer. Mm. Um, what I, I mean, I like a bottle conditioned beer um, just because, you know, I quite like having that bit of sediment in the bottom of the bottle. I, I, you know, it just, <laughs> I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to eat it, but, you know, I, I, I just quite like the, um, to know that 
it's just a traditional method of carbonating, yeah. um, and I quite like it. And that's something that you don't always get with these beers. You you miss out some of that character. Uh, but I mean, I suppose my enjoyment of that is as superficial as somebody's enjoyment of an entirely clear beer. Maybe I mean there are differences with things like shelf life. Yeah, when when yeast is in the bottle and it's a dark brown glass, the shelf life is huge compared yes. to if it was bright um, yep. and no yeast at all in there. Uh, and there are some arguments to be made about whether or not that preserves flavour as well, and if, whether or not it's uh, sort of sterile. Yes. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, what is interesting to see and good to see is that this is definitely a brown bottle. Yes, and yeah. uh, like I find with a lot of beers like this, they tend to come in clear bottles. Um, and I'm not a mass. I mean, I don't like using clear bottles. Um, and I know there's very little cost difference between oh really clear bottles and brown bottles. Oh, I did not so, know that. Yeah, I mean, I, I've sourced like you know bottles before, and it's just been like okay, so there's there's very little price difference. And mm. the the only reason I can see that commercial breweries would use clear bottles is so that people can see what color the beer is yeah yeah i can see that so for your your super pale lagers yeah. and and that's it. It, it it's it's an aesthetic thing um you know so mm. you can look at a beer and go okay well that's that's the color of it i'll have that then mm. um but that also i think as we've discussed before uh, has an impact on you know the shelf life of the beer uh, especially hoppy beers yeah yeah because uv is one of the terrible things for hops it really does break down a lot of the the sort of fruitier compounds it does and, and flavor it bits does. and pieces but let's let's get into this beer yes um, so purity beers uh pure ubu yeah it, i mean it, it looks fantastic yeah it looks really good and it smells amazing oh yeah yeah you're getting a big big malt hit yeah there like it, it's exactly what you'd expect from an amber beer like it's it's a crisp clean but like warming malt and it's mm. really nice. It, it it's almost a little bit fruity. Yeah, I I am getting a fruity nose. Just just that hint that is yeah. is sort of complementing the malt. And I I presume that's more from the yeast profile rather than the hops. But it it might be a bit of both. It might be them working in tandem to complement each other. It's nice. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, like, that, but like that, that's that's the thing with these beers is they they are, are very seldom blow away amazing. Mm. But they're you know if done well they're always just nice they're like, solid. like, like yeah. you you can you can just go yeah yeah i'll happily drink like a good few pints of that yeah I, like, i've had a sip now and that is yeah i would be more than happy drinking that yeah like, like i say they, they never blow away amazing they never mm. like really outstanding things by comparison to you know some of the beers that are out at the moment where it's just like really weird and wonderful stuff mm. But there's just something quite comforting about this. Like you know, yeah. you know what you're gonna get. Like if you walked into a pub and you ordered this, you'd be like, "Yep, I know exactly what I'm gonna get for you know, uh, autumn evening. You know, sat by a fire. Like, oh, lovely, absolutely perfect. Like, yeah. really good. Yeah, I, I, I definitely will drink this. This is like, yeah. Uh, but then it's I'm, malty and it's bitter. I'm like, very fortunate in that I do enjoy the malt flavor, and I know a lot of people mm. that enjoy beer don't like a heavy malt flavor they they uh, just it's, it doesn't appeal to them yeah. they like it delicate and and nuanced rather than rich yeah I, 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 like, yeah I, I quite like that you know it's it's got a it's got a nice sort of caramelly biscuity sort of taste it's mm. got a it, it's got a real warming 
warming feeling. Yeah, and not uh, it's not heavy either. No. So it, so so you're getting the not same characteristics to a stout, but you're getting that that sort of malt hit that mm. you would, and you're getting that uh, bitterness that you get from a dry stout, but it doesn't have the doesn't have the weight, doesn't have the gravitas of a stout. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It yeah, sweet. You got malt, and it's but it's not it's not biting. No, There's some some best bitters. Some of my favorite best bitters are quite aggressively hmm. uh, biting, which is nice for a couple of pints, but then you do have to move on. Yes. Whereas this has got that sort of amber sweetness to it. Yeah. You've got the malt flavor, but it's really just tempered down. And yeah, it, it, and, and it's got a very subtle lingering bitterness mm. as well. Yeah. Which is really nice. Yeah. For something that's as easy going as that, it does actually benefit from being sipped as well. Yes. So. Yeah. No, I think that's... Uh... That's a, that's, a, that's a really good beer for purity there. Really good. Mm. Let's let's try a different beer, shall we? Okay. Okay, Cal, what have we got now? Uh, so this is Gem by Bath Ales. Amber Ale, alcohol, 4.8%. 4.8. 8. 4.8, so uh, slightly stronger than the last one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've had Bath Ales before, mm-hmm. um, you know. Very available in the round very, of Bath and very Bristol available. area. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like like Dennis, how how do you feel about the how do you feel about the smell of it then? So well, before that, there was a lot more carbonation. There was time. a lot more carbonation. Uh, I don't know if that had anything to do with me transporting them here. They both came at the same time, both chilled the same amount of time. Yeah. Is it, is interesting nose. I don't know whether or not it's just the yeah. excess in car- excess in carbonation. Um, but I, I I am getting a lot more of the sort of yeasty esters. Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. Sort of, um, a lot more of that traditional English yeah. yeast flavour uh, than than the Ubu had, which was a, a bit cleaner. Like it was there, but it was it was a lot lower down. Whereas with the Bath Ales uh, gem, it, it's it's almost dominating the malt. Like uh, the the aroma is just so strongly of that English yeast. Yeah. How about the taste? Are you getting a lot of yeasty yeasty I'm, taste? I'm going to go in. Go on then. Get it, get, it, get it in your face. Now that's that's a lot softer. Yeah. Mm, than I was expecting. I was expecting it to be a bit more aggressively sort of English ale. Uh, you have got certain dryness there. Not much malt, d- despite how it looks. Um, what I was expecting from the description, the malt flavor, the malt bite is actually really low. Yeah. Uh, although that might just be because we're. <laughs> We've just had one that yes, does have a yeah, bit more bite yeah, to it. Yeah, a lot of more bite. It's quite nice. It, it, it's got a residual sweetness to it, mm. which is quite interesting. Uh, like the, the the flavor, it comes in pretty quick, but then drops off really quick, but yeah. leaves behind uh, a really nice sort of sweetness to yeah, it. Yeah, de- definitely direct caramel mm. sweet as yeah. well. Yeah, it's really nice. Mm. Again, it, like, it, it, it's another one where, you know, if I was sat around a campfire, I'd quite happily just sit and, you know, drink pint after pint of this quite happily. Yeah. No, but but that's it. Like these types of beers, they are just that way. Like yeah. you, you just they're, they're just solid, quaffable mm. beers, which is why I think the they've lasted so long and <laughs> like they're so I don't know they all yeah. the time. Like 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 there's there's always. You know, loads of different versions of this type of beer by loads yeah. of different breweries, and they always do really well. And I think yeah. it's just because if you're not into like your big obscure flavors, but you do like beer, this is what you're going to go for. 
Yeah, yeah, and and it's perfect for your English autumn, your English spring. That that type of it's not too hot, it's not too cold. It's basically like being inside a room but outdoors. Yeah, like that's that's what I expect from sort of English weather. And, yes, and that's, yeah, that that's the perfect the perfect time to drink a beer like this. I think. Yeah, no, that's what I think. That's what I think. It's worked out all right. Well, yeah, I mean, we can move on to the next one. Mm. Um, the next one's a bit interesting, okay? Because uh, you know we didn't we don't have another one of these because we, <laughs> because we did we didn't want to pick up just another sort of like amber ale and yeah. just be very samey. So as I was getting um, my equipment out, I came across a bottle that I did. I don't know how many years ago, but it was a little while, and I think it's a plum porter. Oh. But we're going to open it up and have a look. Yay! Um, Curveball. Yeah, exactly. But before that, I'm going to bang an advert on. All right. Um, okay. And you know, people can listen to the advert while yeah. we investigate what this beer is about because it might go completely wrong. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute, anyway. In a world that appears to make no linear sense, there is a time-traveling rabbit with an important agenda. What is it? No one knows. But it has something to do with basketball. Welcome to a reality where a famous pig actor turned despotic leader rules with an iron fist, and a psychopathic duck may be our only hope for salvation. Welcome to the Tooniverse. The Space Jam Continuum is a show where two brave souls attempt to create a cohesive cinematic universe out of something that was never meant to be one. Looney Tunes, from 1937 all the way to Space Jam. Why? Because in an era where all people want is a cinematic universe and reboots of all cartoons, we're the only ones with a resolve to combine the two. So join us every Wednesday as we explore the depths of the Tooniverse, slowly clawing our way ever closer to the 1996 classic. That's the Space Jam Continuum, every Wednesday at kaiju.fm or wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, and we advise you start at the beginning. It's a good idea. Right then. Oh dear God. This looks terrible. It does. I mean, I don't know how um, how long have I lived in this flat? Two years. So I probably brewed this. I'm gonna say three and a bit years ago. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know, right? The, the, and there was a reason there's still bottles of this kicking about. I never liked it in the first place. Um, so this was, I don't know, maybe the third beer I ever brewed. You give me such nice treats. <laughs> so this is um, a plum porter. Well, at least it was. I don't know what it is now. Um, and I didn't really understand how to use uh, fruit in beers. Uh, so I just chopped up a load of plums and banged them in uh, post-fermentation. Right. Post-fermentation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And they weren't the nicest of plums. Not gonna lie to you, All they right. were they were a bit on the sour side. Um, so yeah, like I say, I never liked this beer beforehand. We had tried some a little while back, and it seems to have mellowed, or it had mellowed, mellowed anyway. Um, I'm gonna try it. Yeah, it is chunky. Yeah, oh god, it, it is, is chunky. But I think, just have a quick little look. Uh, if I remember correctly, that is vast majority of that is um, plum bits. Plum bits, yeah. Plum bits. So and it was so overcarbed. Oh, uh, it was the, massively overcarbed. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, it probably didn't help putting a load of fruit <laughs> in after fermentation and then bottling it. No, that probably, probably wasn't not. the best idea. But you know, no explosions. Uh no, I've, I've never, I've never had a bottle explode yet, which is surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But, you know, I learned a lot from this. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's learn by drinking. Okay, so um, oh, how does it smell? Uh, actually, porter-esque. Well, I mean, you know, being a plum porter yeah. and all, it probably no, should be. Well, I was expecting like a, a big sort of sour funk. And, and right. Look, because one of the stupid things with putting fruit in post-fermentation is uh, unless you sanitize that fruit, you the, all the all the nasties and wild stuff on that fruit is going to then go into the beer and yes. ferment nasty things. Or not necessarily nasty, potentially nasty, funky, let's oh, say. Yeah. Uh, stuff in that beer which produces CO2 now, which overcarbs if, if it helps I did boil them quickly before I oh, chopped them, right, them okay. in oh so it's not all bad no it's not like you just cut up some plums and <laughs> plopped them in yeah don't do that no don't do that don't do that Um, I've just had a try of it I still don't really like it okay <laughs> it's I'm, not I'm bad go. I just don't like it that's the thing it tastes a bit washing up liquidy no I think I've killed Mike Still alive there, Mike? There is a lot less going on than I imagined <laughs> that there would be. Huh? Which is surprising, considering I'm, there's so much of it. There's so there's <laughs> such a visible aspect to it. Um, I think it's it's kind of like... Um, it's got the same enjoyment as a lava lamp. You'd like to look at it, but you don't want to drink it. Mm. <laughs> How do you feel? There's a light sharpness there. But it doesn't feel like a vinegariness or even like a wild fermentation thing. No. It's the sharpness Sour plum. from the plum, yeah. The plum's not particularly juicy, fruity. It's no, I mean, I reckon I reckon if I'd, um, you know, filtered that a bit better, yeah, it would probably be better, I think. Yeah, I could see that. But there's still not a huge malt character. There's not, you know, it's there, but it's not huge. Sweetness is there, but it's not huge. It's it's the plumminess is there, but it's not huge. It's more of a sourness. Yeah. So you know, it's a good thing I carried on brewing, and I yes. wasn't and I wasn't put <laughs> off by you know early failures. It's it's a fine beer. It's not like Thanks. good. It's Thanks. it's just fine. <laughs> it's, it's nice. It's the lumps that are off putting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, almost one hundred percent. One hundred percent off putting. Yes. Um. Okay. Well, I mean. Thanks for being here to try this uh, three and three and a half year old beer. Um, <laughs> That's all right. I'll post a video of what it looks like uh, on the social media. If you must. Yeah, so people can <laughs> see what a chunky mess this is. Yeah, so I mean, like, what this what this should tell people is you can't win every one of them <laughs> and don't be put off by early failures mm. because they're going to happen. You know, like, like my brewing has come on so far in comparison to what this yeah, yeah, i'm pointing yeah, yeah. at the beer by the way what this mess is um <laughs> and yeah it's it's just about trying keep going and when you make a lumpy creature that's going to live in a bottle for a little while um yeah. don't be put off yeah i mean i'd compare that to my third brew third ever brew where i went for a west coast ipa yeah messed it up completely and it turned into a textbook example of an esb well there you go <laughs> so, completely accidentally it was delicious but completely not what i wanted yeah yeah well you What's... know the, the 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 good thing is is now um you know we've, we've we've both been brewing for a while now and we've got each other to learn off yeah 
which is nice. And and you guys as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, get in contact with us. We yes. have various forms of social media. Uh, let us know what you think of this um, lava lamp of a beer. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I imagine we just got one beer left to try. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. That's the wart. Oh, the pancake wart. Yeah. Mm. Now, have a little try of it. And yeah. it tastes real sweet. Real sweet. Real oh. sweet. Anyway. Can't wait. I think we'd best be going now. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.